Hello, this is Colin Green, and you're listening to Spike Pit. Yeah, so the weather in the UK is still hot, hot, hot. I've decided to come into the shade and record an anchor episode. Uh, let's kick it off with a message. Hello, Mr. Green. This is the Mixed GM. I just wanted to call in, and uh, first of all, I wanted to say Compass Roses are great. Not just because they give direction, but because they, I think they can allow a map maker to really do a creative, beautiful, artistic thing on a map. So yeah, keep the, keep the compass roses coming. And then also you mentioned, um, you know, your children um, playing, which is great, and even reading. Uh, once uh, your nine-year-old gets a little older, I definitely suggest that you show him some of the books from Appendix N in the first edition AD&D uh, Dungeon Master's Guide. Of course, you know, you know your children and be careful about what, you know, you expose them to and all that. Um, but that's definitely something you should uh, check out. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. Keep it up. So that's the Mixed GM. Thanks for calling in, man. Um, always happy to hear what anybody's got to say and your thoughts on Compass Roses. Yeah, definitely shared by me. Uh, sometimes it, I think they could be a little bit self-indulgent, but yeah, I think it's fun. So I've just been incorporating a sort of a basic one on my current design. And I, I think I will get into it a little bit more and fancy it up a little bit. But yeah, um, I'm normally a bit of a minimalist, but they are a little luxury that I, I like to indulge in. Uh, the other point you made about uh, appendix N. I don't know if these are actually on the appendix N, but there's a couple of um, authors that uh, I'm looking at going into. Uh, I've picked up a copy of the Earthsea books by Ursula Le Guin. I just started reading them to my youngest, and we just sort of take shifts on the reading. So he does a bit, and if he's if he's flagging or. Uh, looking like he's drifting with his interest you know I take over and read a bit more and perhaps uh, ham up the drama a little bit and then the other one is Lloyd Alexander and I'm pretty sure these are on the appendix then uh, the Chronicles of Prydane um, and I don't know too much about them but uh, I believe Walt Disney's Black Cauldron uh, bears well, was based on. I don't know how accurately, but like, how accurately based on uh, the Pride and Chronicles, but um, yeah. So yeah, thanks for calling in, and uh, yeah, I've been enjoying your. Oh, that's a point I was going to say on your podcast. You, you mentioned a couple of times you, you seem a little bit um, self-conscious regarding perhaps being a bit prudish, but uh, you know, I wouldn't. I wouldn't worry. That's not an accusation. I'd I'd like to level at people anyway. I think that's a uh, that's a personal thing. And um, as I game with kids, um, the likes of Lamentations of the Flame Princess. Whilst I admire the creativity and I really like the production values and one thing and another, and I buy quite a few of the books, it's a kind of almost guilty pleasure, really, because it's kind of difficult for me to get them to the table without um, uh, quite a lot of questions getting asked. Obviously they're not all uh, quite so risque as, as they say 
But um, yeah, the, the subject matter can be a little bit near the knuckle, obviously, for gaming with uh, younger children. Uh, you could almost push it out with some teenagers, I suppose, if you weren't careful. And, uh, you know, you could maybe um, use them almost as a cautionary tale in some instances. But, yeah, definitely handle with care, I think, there. Uh, anyway, I must move on. Hey, Colin, Frank T here. Yep, I've been chucking dice with my kids for years. They love it. Uh, it's a fun time. It's great bonding. And, uh, my sons have been playing since they were four. My daughters have been playing since they were nine. And, uh, I think every member of my family has played at the table at some point or another. And, uh, I guess you could say it's gone multi-generational because my first copy of BX, uh, was played with my Nana. So yeah, that was, it's a fond memory right there. So yeah, roll on, man. Roll with your kids. It's a great time. And, uh, my kids love it. Our current favorite is a, uh, Savage Worlds hack that I've been working on for years just for them. Nothing beats, nothing beats what, Frank? Don't leave me hanging. Yeah. That one minute thing. Not going to work. Anyway, nothing beats rolling dice with your family. If you can play some games with your family, it's a great bonding experience. I highly recommend it. That's my favorite gaming group. Yeah, so that was Frank T from uh, Frank T's Line of Notes. I think I'm going to have to start calling him the wise man of gaming with um, all these uh, great insights and... Um, I don't know, I really like uh, Frank's kind of laid-back wisdom and uh, the fact that, you know, his, his favourite gaming group is his, his family. I think, you know, it kind of, for the, uh, the emotional types out there, you know, that could really hit you in the feels. And uh, I totally know what he's talking about. We just finished um, our session 100 in... Um, my return to gaming and uh as i mentioned before we're we're playing 5e and i just got my daughter to play well she got herself to play actually um so i had all three kids sat around the table and our usual gaming group and um yeah went really well everybody was happy ricky the dm afterwards uh we were talking and he, he felt he'd given a bit of a perhaps uh, lacklustre performance, but he's pretty new to the system. And I said to him, you, you know, um, the players never see it the same as the GM. Um, as, a, as a GM or DM, you, you've got it in mind how you think the session's going to go, perhaps. Um, and you, you're, you're really your own worst critic, I find. And quite often a session in the player's eyes can be totally different to how the GM sees it. You know, you, you've got these ideas of what you want to achieve and they just, they're, they're uh, involved with their character and absorbed perhaps by the story or other things that are going on around the table. And they don't see you sort of panicking perhaps because you can't find a rule or you're struggling over a ruling or you're just 
not happy with your your pacing or something like that. Uh, and and that goes over a lot of people's heads. I think uh, perhaps not so much if you've got a table full of GMs that they're um, you know they've been both sides uh, of the equation and. Um, perhaps they, you know, perhaps they can see a, a GM when he's struggling a little bit, but at the same time, they're normally a more sympathetic crowd. And if if they're any, you know, if they're any sort of a friend or whatever, they're gonna kind of help you out. Maybe if there's a bit of dead air space in the game, you know, you can strike up a conversation. As a player, you can strike up a conversation with the other characters sat around the table and. You know, uh, just give that GM a little bit of breathing space, you know. So, um, yeah, once again, thanks for calling in, Frank. Uh, it's good to hear from you. Moving on to something different then. I just sent a call in to Chuck Foreign. He was been talking about world building and uh, city settings. So if you're interested in that, give his episode 18 a listen. He's got some recommendations on there. Um yeah, so I'm having a bit of a sort out with settings. I've been quite a few of my recent purchases are setting driven. I've probably briefly mentioned it. I can't remember now, but um, I've recently just got the Midlands. I've been going through that, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to get myself the Midlands expanded. So got in touch with uh, Glyn's site, Monkey Blood Designs, and um, he speedily sent one through to me. I don't even know I don't even know if it was either next day or the day after, but it certainly come within uh I think I ordered it yeah, do you know what? I think I ordered it Monday and it's only Tuesday and it's here. So yeah, it must have been next day. Um so I've had a quick flip flick through that and it's really good. I I um I like the first one and I just wanted to expand on that idea because being from the UK I thought it'd be nice to uh, have a campaign world with kind of almost familiar geography so that I could actually use places for inspiration, you know, in the way that uh, Glyn has himself, I guess. But uh, I've got to point out there, Glyn, if you're listening, you've, uh, you've missed a little area on the map there. It's a little spot there near St Albans, which you don't call St Albans, of course. Let me have a little look on the old A2 fold-out. Lovely, lovely map. We've got, uh, so Great London, L-U-N-D-E-N. Then we've got St Albans and Milken Keys. Ah, I wonder if they'll be having concrete cow there. Um, but between them, there's a little place called Luton, Glyn. Luton. If you need a spelling, I can provide one. Uh, but you missed it off the map, mate. I can only think that that's a, a little oversight on your part. But um, we can we can over we can uh, forgive you for that oversight. Uh, I'll perhaps have to um, uh, I'll have to produce uh, a, a little addendum in my own time. <laughs> anyway, joking aside, yeah, it looks really good. So I'm looking forward to looking at that. The other thing I'm uh, investigating, I've had Rains of the Earth, uh, Lamentations, uh, by Patrick Stewart, and I want to do something with that. Um, but I'm a little bit conflicted because I've also got um, 
Oh. Oh, I've forgotten the name of it now. Operation Unfathomable. I had to go and look it up quickly. So, yeah, car, dear, oh dear. Yeah, so they're, they're obvious, well, if it's not obvious, but they're very different in flavour and um, unfathomable. That's kind of a bit more gonzo-ish, but quite a compact setting. And Veins of the Earth is just a m mega sprawling. Uh, you're only limited by the darkest depths of your imagination, really. So um, I'll need to unravel all that. So that's the Underdark. The other thing I want to work in is some Dolman Wood, which is a sort of a, uh, uh, like a dark fairy tale type of vibe. Um, and I want to fit that in into the, well, there's actually, I believe, I, I didn't check this yet, but the Midlands Expanded has allowed for a spot on that. I think in, uh, well, what in reality is Ireland, I think. So, yeah, something along those lines. And then um, where we've got Hadrian's Wall, I want to take a little thing that uh, Jason Hobbs did, which we've spoken about called Bettleby Ridge, uh, and, and put that on uh, on the on the frontier between what is um, England and Scotland, and that's like a fort. And I want to do a bit of a kind of keep on the borderlands type of idea with that. And I might even shoehorn in the caves of chaos up there somewhere. Um, so it's quite a lot, as you can imagine, kind of floating around in my mind as it as there always is. And there's not too much rhyme or reason to it. But matters have become complicated uh, by something I was listening to today. So I've been listening to a podcast called Mud and Blood. And they're like a grim fantasy uh, based podcast. So quite a lot of stuff uh, tied in with the Warhammer kind of IP. Conan, uh, they did quite a bit on the, the two D20 Conan. Uh, from Modifius, I believe. I think I'm right in saying. And then they've done Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay 1, 2, 3. And they've just done a big, deep first impressions dive into um, Cubicle 7's PDF release of Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay Edition 4. And... Um, I played first edition back in the day. Uh, so that's the old school spin on Warhammer for me. And uh, t the temptation is, it sounds like a interesting system, but it's got quite a lot of crunch. Um, but it sounds like there's, judging by the review, it sounds like there's a lot of like tools for the um, the dungeon master and for the players to bring out interesting encounters and like um, the, the rules lead to hooks and plot ideas and it just seems like there's a lot of uh, kind of richness in there and when I when I was younger and I wasn't uh, playing Dungeons and Dragons you know, I was immersed in the whole Games Workshop thing. So, as you may have seen on G+, I've been putting up some some um, 
some old books and one thing and another and the odd miniature. And uh, yeah, so I'm quite well invested in, in the whole Warhammer world. world and uh, it does appeal to me quite a bit. I like the that sort of darkness and grimness that you get with U, um, UK fantasy of of the 80s and 90s. Um, the fighting fantasy, the Games Workshop, Warhammer stuff, the old White Dwarf. Um, and, and that's something that I'm going to be investigating further. I just like the style. There was a lot of cool artists um, that were producing work for those games. And uh, yeah, Warhammer 4. If you're interested, give give a listen to Mud and Blood. I do warn you that it's, uh, I think it's either pushing on two hours or just two hours long. And um, I think they intend to do another one as well. So, you know, they they are very thorough in their discussion. But I'm not, I'm, I can't go on about it now because it, it won't do justice to it. But there's just a, a lot of uh, some interesting mechanisms design, uh, designed into the game. And um, if you like the Warhammer setting, and I know if there's a few anchorites that have expressed an interest, that would be one to, you know, maybe see if you can catch a few reviews. And talking of reviews, John at the Red Dice Diaries, old man Grog Grognard, I know you're partial to re a review. And if uh, Warhammer 4 comes your way, if that's something you're interested in, man, I would like, it, like to hear a, a review on that. Or anybody else who's up for doing a review that can get their hands on, on the game. Yeah, I'm all ears. So uh, just don't come looking at me for a review. Not not yet a while. Um, okay, so what's up next? Yeah, I just wanted to put out a, a shout out to Hannah at Red Dice Diary. She's on the last episode. She just did a, a review of Star Trek uh, role-playing game, uh, Modifius again. And I thought she did a really interesting kind of balanced review. She had a, a lot, kind of like a, a good points and bad points. And um, I didn't think she pulled any punches either, you know. So, um, yeah, it seemed like a really honest, balanced review. Uh, the sort of thing I'd have great difficulty in doing because um, I'm, I'm quite into, well, you probably noticed, but I'm quite into bigging people up and I like, I like to be really positive and I, I don't have the heart quite often. My my critical eye is um, is is tempered by my um, I I lack the killer instinct. So um, yeah, I think you need that if you want to do decent reviews. So yeah, uh, hats off to you, Hannah, and look forward to more in the future. Yeah, so I'm pretty much going to wrap it up there. If anybody's got anything more to say, in particular, I I'd like to get some more call-ins in on family gaming. And um, unfortunately, uh, I've got some feedback, some useful feedback from John from Red Dice Diaries about sources of inspiration and the recording. It was a he uses an Android emulator to um, ca capture recordings on his computer. And he did explain this, the technicalities of technicalities of it all, but basically. Um, the message came through kind of garbled and uh, I forget the term he used now, but he did a much better job of explaining it to me and it all made sense. And in future, he's going to do his call-ins on the phone. But 
the long and the short of what he was saying is he's got a bunch of um, kind of historical uh, manual type encyclopedia uh, books that he's picked up at various charity shops. And yeah, he's a, a big fan of using them for inspiring his, his ideas in RPGs. And uh, yeah, so I just wanted to, I almost forgot, I wanted to thank him for that. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I've had to try and explain the situation. He would have done a much better job of putting it to you himself. But uh, we'll, we'll look look forward to another call-in in the future, perhaps. Uh, so, yeah, thanks again for the guys who did call in. And anybody, if you're, if you're toying with the idea and you feel, feel a bit shy or whatever, just, just forget all that. Just drop us a line. Don't matter if you, you know, if it's not, it doesn't have to be relevant to the topic. Like I say, I just want to get the conversation going. Uh, you know, maybe bring people a little bit out of the shell. If you're lurking on the... Um, the boundaries of uh, OSR, Anchorize, G Plus community or whatever, and you haven't got into Anchor, you know, I would encourage you to give it a go. Um, or if you've got a podcast on another platform, OSR, Anchorites, we, we as a bunch seem to be pretty interested in listening to podcasts. So there's a section on the G Plus community where you can like um, pimp your show. So uh, I'm going to try and find... Uh, track down the mud and blood guys and see if they want to post something on the on the osr anchor right g plus and uh yeah so i'd invite you to do that anyway i've rambled on plenty long enough uh take it easy catch you later